you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. NFL podcast is the ultimate dad show. Welcome to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. My name is Dan Hansis. I'm joined in a room filled with some heroes. Mark Sessler to my left, Greg Rosenthal to my right. What is up, boys? Yo, yo. <laughs> no concept That's our how to start the show without yo, West. Yo. That's our new one. <laughs> it's uh, taking off. People love it all uh, over the country, all over the world. When Wes comes back, we're going to have to let him know that Hi Diane has been replaced by Greg and Yo Yo. <laughs> I like it. Well. It's, it's appealing. Um, something crazy happened when I pulled into the, the <laughs> complex today that I had to get off my chest immediately. And longtime uh, listeners of the show will be aware that for years now, I've had a bit of a a um, a war going on with a gentleman. He is the head of building security here at NFL Media, and uh, there's been a lot of threats, always one way, coming toward the old Zeuser. Um, you know, little things on the windshield. Don't park here. You'll be towed next time. Sometimes a, a crony, one of his cronies would come and, and threaten me if I didn't move the car. Well, today, as I'm pulling in, and I got, I got both kids at home right now. My wife is away on a fun trip with her girlfriends, um, which she deserves. And, honey, I hope you're having a great time. You've never listened to the show. If you <laughs> pick this show, how you doing? Um, and, and I was running a little bit late because I was taking care of Jack and Harry. Come screaming in here at 10.57. And there's there he is. It's the man. It's You've talked about this man a few times on the show over the years. Right. You know, Eagle, you know, big time, long time listeners know about this man. Right. So and me needing to get into the office and not I'm not somebody searching for conflict. If I had some more time, I'd kind of wait out because right there was the parking spot, the talent parking spot area that for many years has been a bone of contention between me. And um, and 
this time I said, I'm running late. He's standing right there. I'm going to pull right in. And then I realized we had never been face to face before. Wait, okay. Okay. Get out of the car. And I could feel him looking at me. And he stops me and he says, that's a talent only spot. Wow. And I go, and I don't want to have to say On this. The nose. Nobody wants to have to say this, but I go, I am talent. And then he goes, after a beat, I know. I recognize you now. Fiend. So, all right. So this has been resolved. I don't know. You could parse the words in a couple different ways. So, but for years, you were you were presuming yourself to be talent in his eyes right. and just taking the spot. You know, the first two years of your conflict, I was convinced he thought that I was you. I'm sure you did. And there also was a time when we um during that's one of like the, a very marked thing. You well, thought there somehow was going to screw you. Well, there was a family um, event on the weekend, and he there was the same gentleman forbid us from taking our children into the building to look at the newsroom and yes, essentially like a father child experience. Come visit dad's work. Very strident that we should not be allowed in the building, and we all snuck in. Right. Um, another you know chapter in in, in your. It's been a battle. So just I didn't know this was an face. ongoing battle. Oh, that, I think that, five no, no, plus the, years. The talent part that he uh, was not allowing you, or that that was a bone of contention. I had, yes, for years this has been going on, and finally it was the big face to face. It's like in Heat when finally after years of silver silver screen greatness, you had Pacino and De Niro sitting at the table at the. It's diner. just like that. That's what this was about, and. Uh, I'm feeling pretty good. Uh, other NFL media things going on right now. Um, they had th- this is award season in house. They is the NFL Commissioner's Awards, and we heard from some sparrows, including show host Colleen Wolf, uh, that our little voiceover we did um, announcing the nominees for the Rising Star Award it was on camera. It was on camera. It was a ho- uh, Roger Goodell was there. Everyone was there. It was in New Jersey, but it was simulcast here. Um, in-house in L.A., got a lot of chuckles and amusement. Um, and that, to me, uh, I'll take that as a victory. It's the closest we'll ever get to winning an award or an award mm. uh, on that show. Um, so I'll take that uh, mild amusement, apparently, based on our- I got an email from a high-ranking executive at the NFL saying it got a great response. That it appreciated it. Here he is. Yeah. Look out, it's NFL Network's Greg Rosenthal. Call the sheriff. It says something, though, that, you know, as you're uh, arguing with uh, your buddy over (laughs) being talent, that none of us were even in the audience or around yesterday to see any of this. uh, Uh, My my boss, Sarah, who's wonderful, um, she also let me know that it had went over well, and then she says, why weren't you there? Because you could watch. I guess it's you could sit in the studio here. and Jadel well. was here. He was in L.A. Oh, really? Okay. And <laughs> I said I'm more like the Jack Nicholson type. It's like I don't go to the award show unless I know I'm winning. I feel like our we were there through our production. I did hear. I talked to someone downstairs who basically I wanted to know if Goodell A thought it was humorous and that he registered laughter and enjoyed it. And if he had any concept of who we were, and I was scolded for not for not knowing that Goodell would know who we are, for not assuming that um, that he does seem to know her. It's kind of like when you hear about um, people auditioning for SNL, and the whole thing is one thing: don't lose your confidence. Lauren never laughs. Like Lauren Michaels <laughs> will never laugh, but it doesn't mean he doesn't like you. That's what I'm thinking. If even if if Rog was stone faced, doesn't mean that mm. it didn't register. Oh, these guys are you know. 
they are straight shooters to the top. Well, he did let – there is a second note because what our task was, each one of us uh, – there were four – options to pick for the rising star and we each locked one of them up it's sort of a mock segment a mock segment but i took it very seriously and it's a good thing that i did because the gentleman who i pitched game pass leader max boygan he won i locked (laughs) him up and he won that's pretty good how do you how do you in the off season top the championship i I won for Mm. the regular season you lock up max boygan and he nailed it i feel like a uh, big spot our transition into just being company men is now complete. If you're part of the commissioner's awards, we can't really say we're we're like the fighting I mean, renegades or outsiders. A trophy in there. I mean, we have a globally successful podcast, and what is the greatest new medium in in new media, which is the podcast industry, for years? Maybe we take home a, a, some hardware one of these years. Feels it feels uh, timely and due. Both sides of the old uh, Atlantic, we're thriving. I mean, you got your parking spot. Let's. <laughs> Today's show, uh, we're going uh, mini camp. The first week of mandatory mini camps has wrapped. Uh, how many teams had their mini camps this week? Eight. Eight teams, and then we have uh, the rest are next week. Is is that correct? Yes. Um, so we're going to share some kind of takeaways. We'll kind of just. Not quite rapid fire, but we're going to go around the horn a bunch of times, just throwing out different things that we read or saw that jumped out to us. You don't want to put too much Greg into a few practices, but it's the first real football of consequence um, as we head towards mini camp or training camp. So it's you can have or some something. takeaways. Sure. Just don't get too spicy with the takes. Some people get way too spicy. I've, yeah, that's this is something that's changed over the years. They also don't have tackling anymore at this part of the year. So it's re- it, even the mini camps that are mandatory, it's they're mini. It's yeah. kind of phony. Uh, and we'll close the show with some iTunes reviews as we promised on Wednesday. But before that, let us do some news. Darren Sproles in the backfield, third down and 12. Wentz can't find anyone, spins away, under pressure, still on his feet. Now he fires downfield, and it's caught by Nelson Aguilar for an Eagles touchdown. So I pulled that clip for the news drop because I was watching a 2017 highlight package of Carson Wentz. It was 13 minutes long. And why? Because Carson Wentz was the best quarterback on the planet before he blew out his knee in 2017. Last year, um, the Eagles still won the Super Bowl, of course, with Nick Foles. And then last year, more injury issues for Wentz. But in a sign of supreme faith, uh, Philadelphia uh, on Thursday agreed to a four-year extension with Carson Wentz through 2024 uh, the deal's worth $128 million and up to $144 million with 66, and this is the most important number, million fully guaranteed uh, and $107.9 million in guarantees. Greg will parse that for me. Uh, Rap Sheet had those numbers. Uh, Wentz's a- average annual value on the new four-year deal, $32 million. Doesn't beat Russell, William, uh, Russell Wilson at 35. Uh, but it surpasses everyone in the total guarantee number. So he's paid like a super duper star, which uh, Greg, he probably deserves. He he absolutely deserves. And this entire kind of quarterback contract, like reaction industrial complex has become <laughs> the most tiring part of the NFL news media. Like it's the least interesting and most discussed Mm. part of the sport at this point. It's like these quarterback contracts, they all get them. You you get one. If you're over a certain level, you get it. You don't have to think too hard about it. The the takes that really bother me is like, you know, it's 
you know, it's going to be hard to really build around Carson Wentz now because he's taken up so much of the color cap space. Look look at the cap space around the league. Half the teams have more than $20 million in cap space. 10, 10, 15 teams like rolled 30, 40, $50 million of cap space into the offseason. Teams aren't even using cap space all the time. The harder part is finding enough good players to actually spend all that money on. I mean, that's what teams like the Jets and the Browns have have struggled with in recent years is finding enough good players. Now, there are some teams like the Eagles and the Vikings who have all these candidates for long-term extensions, but look at their rosters. They they have more long-term contracts for other positions than anyone else, and they got Kirk Cousins and Carson Wentz on their roster. So you can figure it out. It's just like there's not that much to say. Two things could be right. Two things could be right. It could be if you have a, a rookie quarterback or that's a, an advantage or it's a late draft crazy. round pick, you will have more spending and you could spend quarterback money on a cornerback or a defensive tackle or an end. And that's a huge advantage. But just because you signed uh, a superstar quarterback to a massive deal, it's not an issue where you, oh, now we're hamstrung. There's plenty of money and the cap keeps going up. Right. Like how many people in the next few years are going to be like, I don't know if the Packers can build a legitimate team with the Darius Smith and Preston Smith on the Packers roster. But those two, two guys who are fine add up to a quarterback. You look at the the list of annual salaries and they're topped by Russell Wilson, as you mentioned. It almost just looks like uh, slotting for first-round picks as you go down the list where they're each making a little bit, little bit less than the one before. You know what the price is. Carson Wentz was the next guy up. The, the concept that it's a, any sort of thing that you would not spend this money, two years from now it's going to look like an awesome, awesome contract if he remains healthy. And I don't really view his durability as a reason to not get that contract if anyone's hemming right. and hawing about that also. If there's if there's really any analysis to be done, it's like once the guy's over a certain level, they're going to get that contract. So when do you give it to him? And the, the Eagles decided to do it as early as humanly possible, which is smart because the price after Dak Prescott signs will probably only go up. And Wentz is at a point right now where he's coming off an injury, maybe he accepts a little less guarantees. Like all these contracts eventually end up being middle of the pack and, and looking better. So you might, if you're committed to a guy, and of course they're committed to him, you just sign him as quick it's as al- possible. It's almost like when you take your children out for dinner or something and then the bill comes and for my children who are like seven and eight, if the bill's like $45, it is mind-blowing money and they can't comprehend, like, it's the, or do, can we afford that as a family? They have no concept of money at all. Fans, if, I, if I'm just a fan, I don't know why I'd ever worry about contracts at all. There's so much cap space. People are too worried about it. But it's, it just seems to me like a non-issue in 2019. Another tired take, too, is is that it, this always happens. The second it happens, Jared, oh, like a bunch of GIFs, they, they break out the Birdman GIF where he's, uh, you know, he's like, you know, rubbing his hands together, all excited about getting more money or whatever. It's like, oh, it's like, oh, Dak Prescott, Jared Goff. They, here's them watching the Carson Wentz <laughs> contract. Oh, they're all excited. No, it's like, no, they're well, all of these contracts. There's are no this, drama. They all go up. They like those guys would get their contracts no matter what. And they're, imagine they're if you're a fan of a team that always has a target on its back, and all your signings, like a C.J. Mosley or Le'Veon Bell, you get killed for it because they got too much money. That is a little bit annoying. Uh, I agree. It's all, it's, it's funny money era. Now, two more things. You mentioned Goff and he wants to get that bag. He's the first overall pick in the year. Wentz went number two. You wonder what contract he's going to get. And I think for a guy that's done a lot in the league uh, in the last couple of years, he still, I think has to perform at a very high level to get Wentz money. 
despite being a, a oh, I pick think ahead. The, but where we stand today, I'd be shocked if he doesn't. The Rams have indicated he's getting it, and they're not. They're they're committed. Give to it to him now. I think they it will. sends a message if you don't. I think they will by by the start of this season. I think is kind of is kind of their deadline. And then my last thought on Wentz is I did get some tweets. I don't know about you guys when we did Dalton scale and maybe another other exercise we did in the last month or so. How come you guys aren't talking about Wentz, whether he deserves to be somewhere, doesn't deserve to be somewhere? We're all in agreement that Wentz is he a was stud. he to me and that yeah we did get tweets because we didn't we, we didn't mention every quarterback above Andy Dalton and his name did not come up during that episode without any question I think I had him at like ten or eleven because we feel the same way Doug Peterson and Howie Roseman do that this guy is an ascendant star despite the injury issues and other news Trent Williams uh, the standout tackle for the Redskins he has not been. Uh, around Redskins OTAs. He also skipped uh, mandatory minicamp. Uh, initially, the, the feeling was it was due to his contract, and, he, and he, wants, he wants that bag. He wants a bigger bag. Breaking bag in. I mean, a little late. We're a little late to little the party, but well, yeah, but what, our, our money drop, it's a dad around. podcast. Sometimes you're just a little late on the curve on these, but I like this it. This is now. truly the dad podcast right now because we don't have a force in here it's just all dads um, my three dads so <laughs> three men and a little lady right behind the glass little yeah she doesn't <laughs> know it's you. a movie she's like, that's the nicest thing you've said to me <laughs> in months and a tiny lady <laughs> thank you petite lady uh, anyway so trent was everyone thought oh it's because he just wants the bag no it's also because he's pissed uh rap sheet reported wednesday uh, that along with the new contract desires, there is, quote, frustration from Williams over the handling of his health scare earlier this spring. And you may remember they ha- he had a growth removed from his scalp that was originally thought to be cancerous. Luckily, fortunately, it turned out that it was not the case. We don't have all the details, but apparently uh, Williams, who has dealt with a lot of health issues, nothing that serious uh, in his last several years with the Redskins, he is not happy how that situation was handled. Uh, and for that reason, on principle, he's saying he wants out of town. Yeah, I just think this is worth bringing up just to keep an eye on because Trent Williams is one of the best tackles in football when he's healthy. Top two or three, I would say. And the fact that he's kind of getting almost – it's almost personal. And it's not the first time you've heard some things. The Redskins – They've, they've had either bad luck or just a lot of drama with their medical situations for a number of players over the years. Bruce Allen it commented on it. He's, of course, running the Redskins. He says, I know what the truth is. And it's just like once they, they have like even a, a modicum of a little bit of positivity of like, okay, Dwayne Askins is out there with the first team. And it's like, here's like more negativity for the Redskins. Just I mean, if like he, it follows there seems it. to be something with the Redskins. It, this does not sound like it's going away anytime soon. Right. You have to wonder if, you know, he's under contract through next season making about 14 plus million a year. I, I have to wonder if this becomes a trade situation at some point because it's it's extremely thorny and like you said it's personal and the Redskins you have a rookie quarterback and potentially Eric Flowers starting at left tackle if if Williams <laughs> that, Flowers. That's, that's a mess. That's a problem. All right. That's what's happening in the news. That's a, that would be a huge loss, especially the rookie quarterback. You want the blind side. You want him, you want him protecting that's the that's the role. That's essentially what the role. Give him some money. It Sometimes it's not just about the bag. Sometimes it's about it's personal. You would it's think about, though. The, I bet the bag would solve it though. Oh. The bag solves a lot bag, because the bag because you have him under contract powerful. anyway. So it's just like you know. You know what would solve me silently grumbling about us not getting any uh, hardware from these all these internal awards? What's that? The bag. <laughs> 
You make a strong case. Here the bag. They're going to secure me with a pink slip if I don't shut up. <laughs> that's what's happening <laughs> in the news. They, still, they don't do pink slips I don't anymore. think that's how it, how it works from an HR angle. They should bring angle. it back. All right. Well, let's get to it. Um, some takeaways from mandatory minicamp. Eight teams uh, held their practices. They're, everyone had to be there, hence mandatory. So you finally got a look at what these new um, updated rosters look like on offense and defense. So let's just kind of go around the league and throw out some things that jumped out to us. Greg, you get us going. I'm just going to start with the Redskins since we were just there. That I, I found it interesting that Haskins, their number one pick, is already splitting the first team reps with Keenum. You know, sometimes it's like you make the rookie – work his way into that, this or that. Onlookers say Keenum looks a little more um, comfortable in the offense at this point, which isn't surprising. He's an NFL veteran, but Haskins, of course, looks like the guy who has a little more upside, the bigger arm, had some more wow plays. But the fact, and Jay Gruden said, they're not even barely competing at this point. They're not even thinking about that. I believe that in non-padded practices, but the fact that they're splitting reps right off the bat that just would indicate to me that the tie is going to go to the rookie. Usually that, does. That he's got a great chance to be the week one starter. I, you know, we, we haven't done our coach hot seat rankings at this point. Not yet. If you're Jay Gruden, you want the best case scenario is Haskins taking off early in his career and suddenly you're attached to someone who's ascending. The worst case situation is him not doing that and hoping that you have a job from now, a year from now after riding through the year with Case Keenum as your quarterback. Case Keenum is just simply not going to be enough for him to stick around, Jay Gruden. Um, on the subject of Redson's quarterbacks, finally some good news on uh, Alex Smith, who is still technically with the team, but he suffered that devastating uh, leg injury, broken leg. He's been wearing that. The worst thing you could have, because not only is it – limit your mobility in a, a cruel way, but it just looks scary as hell. The external fixator when they have all the, the wires going into your leg to keep the leg stabilized. Well, he still has that on and he'll have it on for another month or two, according to Mike Garofolo. Uh But there seems to be progress and they, and they're feeling good about it's There's not, you know, so much indecisiveness about what comes next in his recovery. It's just the long road ahead. Uh, you talked about quarterbacks, Greg. So I'll throw another quarterback camp battle looming, in Miami, uh, from the Palm Beach Post. Let's jump into the fish tank. Uh, a report uh, from Hal Habib, who says that Ryan Fitzpatrick is certainly looks ahead of Josh Rosen right now, but that should not be a surprise or anything to read too much into. Even Rosen himself said it's not really a competition right now. Although, Josh, I want to see that fire at some point. Show me the fire at some point. I'm not going to take one quote and make a big thing out of it, but go get that job. Anyway, Fitzpatrick. <laughs> I got... think he's trying. I mean, <laughs> go get he's... it. Say something. Do something. Anyway, Fitzmagic well... is um, ahead of uh, Rosen right now. Um, but what – and Rosen is catching up. He got traded there, and, and Fitzpatrick had a head start um, earlier in the process of the, uh, the team year. But anyway, uh, the, the – I think Khabib made a good point the way you look at the schedule. It kind of looks obvious. Whereas um, with the Redskins, if the rookie's neck and neck with the veteran, the rookie's probably going to start. But with Rosen and, and, and Fitzpatrick's track record, it probably makes a lot of sense potentially to give Fitzpatrick the starting job. 
He, there's some tough games early on. There's a bye week in early October. And then Rosen gets in early enough where you get a really good look at him uh, and then decide whether you want to stick with Rosen or go get some hot shot in the draft. Uh, but right now, uh, Fitzpatrick is looking good. He's been connecting well with Devontae Parker, who, by the way, is still there and has uh, been having a really good camp, something to keep an eye on. Uh, but um, right now, Fitzpatrick ahead of Rosen early on. And the way they, they've had it is the it's essentially the Fitzpatricks versus the Rosens. They have the same units working with each quarterback. So Fitzpatrick mm. has his guys, and Rosen has his guys. And I guess Minka Fitzpatrick um, on, is, is, has been on defense opposing the Rosens and causing a number of uh, problems for Josh Rosen. But they basically said Fitzpatrick has just been a little bit – the offense has been a little bit more – Big play, heavy and explosive. If we want to put anything into that at this point, <laughs> not yeah, not. A, I know what Wes would say. Not a surprise. And also, Ryan Fitzpatrick's had a pretty long, good career for a reason. Like he knows how to play. Perfect backup. He knows how to play quarterback at the NFL level, which Rosen still has to prove. Yeah, the Parker stuff is just year after year. He is the star of the offseason. But uh, well, it he, helps to have the coach that tried to trade you like 400 times out did, of the building. He did quietly re-sign him to a brand new contract this offseason. I don't think we even hit that. You know, like he could have been a free agent. They they gave him this kind of low cost deal to, to bring him back for two years instead of giving him the option. And uh, it all paid off because the Dolphins social media team got to put up a no-look pass by Ryan Fitzpatrick to Parker <laughs> diving on the sidelines. It doesn't get any better than that in June minicamp. It's now uh, June 7th. Does Fitzy still have that cute little pot belly? Did he work that out? Has anybody seen any footage? I think he's one of those athletes that's he's, able to readjust the look of his body so quickly right. that he's probably looking, you know, very svelte. I thought it was uh, awesome and point. relatable when he was jiggling all over the place yeah. uh, back in March. All right, uh, your turn, Mark. Well, I will go to Cleveland because there is a lingering concern before all these, you know, this hype fest that's happening. It's a nice time to be a Browns fan, um, but I, the, the Browns, any Browns fan that's been you around, seem the uncomfortable block, with well, very nice. highly. You know, it is because you, you are wondering how. It all will go number one, and I don't want to get. I don't. I see some Browns fans out there already sort of saying like, "Just book us for the Super Bowl." How about go win it? Let's see what happens by the end of October. This nine point. games would be a good start. That would. I, yeah. I want to see progress, but I don't want to get in all that. But the concern for me <laughs> is has been and continues to be the offensive line, because they just parted ways with Desmond Harrison, who was a bit of a disaster at tackle to start the season last year because he was not showing up to meetings on time. I don't know this whole story. Cardinals picked him up, but they now have Greg Robinson and Chris Hubbard at tackle. I think I would view both of those situations as highly suspect, no matter how they played at the end of last year. The other concern is that you traded away Kevin Zeitler, and at right guard, they wanted to have Austin Corbett go in there. And in minicamp this week, he has spent a lot of time essentially just rotating at guard and backup center. There's a guy, Eric Cush, battling for the right guard position. And Corbett is someone that is not essentially in year two, which they needed him to step up and Former take a Hard starting Docs, role. Uh, supporting actor, Eric Cush, I believe. Eric Cush, absolutely. But Corbett is not, not really taken the leadership role and stepped in and, and played the way they want. Mm. I, that, to me, gives you three spots on an offensive line that are potentially suspect with, and I, I get all the, the fancy pieces around it, but in, from a skill position angle, it sounds like things are looking good because David Njoku, they said, has been looking like a completely different advanced player at tight end. You know, Odell's been fine, all this other stuff. But if your offensive line has issues, teams go south quickly on offense. Especially 
and teams can you don't need to have you know big name talent to have a functional offensive line and but it sometimes does take time to gel so that would be my biggest if I had to make a prediction about the Browns is that they're going to be a much better team but I would not be shocked if they go get out of the gate a little bit slower than people expect and then kind of hit their stride uh, and the offensive line struggles would certainly if that happens uh, be a major reason why all right Greg go ahead all right let's uh Let's talk about the Lions, just because I feel like we never do on this show. Uh, the, 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 I, the, it was hard to find much there that, like, the, a lot of takeaways from their minicamp, but they were one of the teams. The thing that caught my eye was that they were doing some three tight end sets and that they were really talking about Theo Riddick had a nice uh, camp or whatever. It looked fairly good, which you would expect, but his spot on the team is a little uncertain. They're playing with three tight ends. That's at a time sometimes. They've got all these running backs, C.J. Anderson, Theo Riddick's number three, on Johnson's number one. You've got uh, a rookie, too, who's going to be in the mix. And they are kind of looking, at, to me, on offense a little bit like maybe the Patriots were a year ago, where they're going to run run the ball a ton. They're going to want to throw out of those two, three tight end sets to kind of keep teams off balance. And that's your new Detroit Lions. Yeah, and Dave Burkett of the Detroit Free Press noted that uh, rookie tight end T.J. Hawkinson on a, in the end zone, essentially got a pass from Stafford where he kind of casually just tried to one hand a catch or something. I don't know if casually is the right word, mm-hmm. but Matt Patricia just blew up on him. So it's mm. like they need him to be a big. I think the other thing in Detroit, Darius Slay, Damon Harrison, well, that's true. both away from the team that. and contract issues. So that's two key players. I like teams that uh, – now this is mandatory work and they want new contracts, and so that's an issue. But players are – treating the voluntary part of organized team activities more voluntary than ever. And it's less of a big deal, I think, than it's ever been. Yeah. Um, let's move on. If this, this podcast were voluntary, would you show up, Dan? <sighs> I would. It's kind of become a very important part of my job. And if I didn't show up for this, offer mentioned pink slip would probably come for me. So, yes, I'm here every show just about with good reason. Good answer. Uh, voluntary workouts. You brought up uh, that and Le'Veon Bell is an example. Did not show up uh, to any of the OTAs ahead of this week's mini camp. Uh, is in attendance this week, or was in attendance. It's over now, uh, but will not does not plan to attend the uh, follow up OTAs voluntary before uh, heading into the summer break. Um, but that's not really what I want to talk about. He did look good, by the way. He looks fast, but he's uh, the writer for the Athletic that covers the Jets, who does a very nice job. Greg's very good with his name, so he'll remind me. His first name is Connor. Is it Connor Hughes? Connor Hughes does an excellent job uh, for The Athletic. Said that Bell operates on just a different speed than he's seen with other running backs on the Jets. And the Jets have not had bad running backs in recent years. They've had some decent guys. But anyway, the big problem with Le'Veon Bell is the drama around him. And with creating art, um, it's good to have that tumult around you sometimes. Uh, Some of the best work of, say, a Dylan or... Springsteen or whoever comes when there's stuff going on. Jacob Dylan? Jacob Dylan, of course. <laughs> talking about the wallflowers. Yes. Um, Le'Veon Bell had more than $500,000 worth of jewelry, jewelry stolen from his home. And this is from the Associated Press. Mark, it's not, and that's that happens, unfortunately. Uh, athletes and actors and celebrities are targeted for home Goes invasions. with the job a little bit, yep. It, it's just a sad fact of life in today's society, much like t- terrorism and other things that you wish weren't around, but it's just the way it is. But there is an interesting little twist to this story 
uh, while Le'Veon Bell is preparing with the Jets. What what was happening? How did the money uh, or the jewelry exit? Well, the so they, I mean, the, the story that came out, I believe, yesterday was that um, he was robbed by not his girlfriend, but by his girlfriends, Bang. multiple girlfriends while he's away. And what I like is that you'd think there might, I don't know, I don't know what the actual category of girlfriend in this, if we're talking about it's a serious relationship with two oh, women at the same time, serious. I don't know what's going on, but that you'd think there might be a little jealousy between them and maybe they wouldn't want to be around each other instead while he's gone doing his job. He was to, at the gym. This is on May 25th. Love this. They are working as uh, like a duo crime team together to rob him of this jewelry. You know, we haven't heard a lot. How do you know that? Well, they are. That's what the story suggests. I mean, yeah, I'm just saying maybe one. This is according who, to the Associated Who Press. knows? Maybe one took out the other and you don't even know where that other girl is. I, the, I the way, the, you know, the article is, is short and there's more to come on yes. it, but it suggests that they they operated in unison to steal yeah, half more than half a million dollars in jewelry. It's been a while in terms of um, the culture. You almost have to go back to that Charlie Sheen era where he went crazy and had the tiger blood stuff going on when two girlfriends was in the, the public eye. So now it's back with Lev and it just does show you the dangers of it. I mean, that's a lot of juggling. And sometimes um, you don't know when you're not there, the two ladies and the same thing. I don't want to be sexist, Erica. It could be the same way. You could have two boyfriends or a woman could have two boyfriends or two girlfriends. Those when you're not there. It happens. They're talking. Have yep. you seen John Tucker must die? Maybe uh, they didn't know about each other. Maybe. And then they found out and they're like, let's that get could happen too. Let's no, get that, him. That feels like a logical. Or that sounds like a nice reboot. Le'Veon yeah. Bell must die. It's funny because like <laughs> gritty reboot. You, reboot. You read this story and you kind of feel, at least I do. You know, you feel bad for Le'Veon Bell here. You're not thinking of him as Why? he's the victim in this situation. But this could easily be turned into like a script. Where it's like kind of a fun, uh, right. you know, romantic uh, comedy with, you know, friend, you know, gal right. Pal it friend. struck me as a delightful story, but if you really get behind it, it's not delightful at all. Right. And circling that. back to how some, you know, tumult in your personal life could lead to great art. Of course, I'm referring to Le'Veon Bell's incredible burgeoning rap career. Yeah. And since he's a New York Jet, I am all about Le'Veon the rapper. Well, you, sport. yeah, <laughs> you, you asked why would I feel bad for him, Erica? Because if, you know, when I lose my Black Panther pendant with black and white diamonds, it's, it's painful. I like, get it. I don't think anyone should for that. be stealing. You work pretty hard It's a source that. of pride. But I think it's kind of messed up that, you know, maybe if they knew about each other, if these girlfriends knew about each other. But I feel like they're, you know, there's some. That's a big assumption of, you're making, though. That, right. That and might it could have be been girlfriends. Situation. When I first read it, I was like, what if you called girlfriends like his friends that are girls Maybe I thought that multiple. too but it feels too no, it, it feels to, to suggest something else though exactly it, it indicated that they were both staying at his home mm-hmm. and that you know that's how he you know, okay so if they knew about each other then I don't feel as bad but why are you keeping Hello. half a million dollars in jewelry in your in your you want to hear how how far 520 grand takes you in addition to Greg's um matching black panther pendant with the black and white diamonds there was a Rolex Two gold chains with diamonds. Mm, okay. So this actually doesn't take you that far. No, I thought it was like a mount, like when you when you like kill a dragon and there's like a mountain of gold under him. That's no. what I pictured it to be. There was one other little jet snugget, and I know Dan, you hate this uh, this stuff. Yeah. But Matt Stipolskowski, um, not saying that right at all. P- apologies to his entire family from NJ.com had this little sentence that I liked. Yes, the Jets' practices are intense as Gase and defensive coordinator Greg Williams <laughs> battle for supremacy on a daily basis. 
delicious. Yeah, well, <laughs> I love that. Well, yeah, there was there was some reports that you know Darnold struggled or had a couple interceptions, and Greg Williams is sort of famous for like bringing the house in every blitz possible <laughs> during like OTAs in mini camps, and so right now the defense is ahead, and people brought out like brought out some clips for the exact same thing was happening with the Browns oh, yeah. a year ago at this, <laughs> yeah. at this point. Hey, it's like, calm down, I, Greg Williams. Now, every, that's so, everyone loves to beat up on Greg Williams, but everyone is so in love with the Browns now. Greg Williams is the man that brought that team to respectability. I don't hear this Freddie Kitchens, oh, Baker figured it out. And well, all, no, that, no, no, no. Is a, that is a okay, team in, in complete tatters on fire. <laughs> Uh, after they fire the GM and the coach. And it's Greg Williams who steadies the ship and makes that one of the best teams in the AFC in the second half. I don't want to hear anything else. It's I, just, I'm not going to kill you on that take. He did a much better job than the person employed before him. And I'll never... I, you Look know, at Dan getting in his... And let uh, me just say this also. I've never had Greg Williams on my favorite team before. I am enjoying the Greg Williams experience as a fan. It's just a little spicier than having some no-name DC you know, and guys like Greg get crazy about, oh, the worst thing will happen and I'll throw in my little digs and mention the Darnold through interceptions. I don't care. I want spiciness around my team. Success would be nice too, but spiciness, number two. Dan's getting in as many Greg Williams uh, plaudits as he can this episode while Wes is not here. Yeah, because <laughs> no. Wes would be bellowing and I wouldn't be able to get word uh, in. Wes is listening to this and shouting around the record his house would and show, punching walls. The very boring record will show that no one has uh, <laughs> spoken up for Greg Williams's totally fine record uh, on this podcast. More than me. He is and a I, fellow I always point out that uh, Triple G. he's fine. He, it gets he, balanced he out turned... with your needless uh, digs at the Jets at all times. <laughs> so it's kind of now just... I mean, anyway, who's up? Needless. Uh, let's, I'll go, let's go down I to... I thought you uh, went. No, we were going in this direction. Okay. Right? Greg, Dan, Mark, Greg, We're doing a lot of double Dan, dipping Mark. on other people's stuff here. Well, that's so how it works. Track, yeah. Let's go down to Tampa Bay. <laughs> okay. The Bucks, who we almost never talk about either. Little guy by the name of Scotty Miller. A wide receiver <laughs> catching a lot of buzz early on. You know, of course, Scotty Adam Humphreys out the door. Jameis Winston said six-round pick Scotty Miller is has like been a, fantastic. I don't know anything about him. Right, and, he, and I'm close to you. Is he a, um, a slot receiver that is a grinder? He is five foot nine and 176 pounds. So <laughs> totally you're not wrong. Name. You're not wrong. He absolutely fits that category. Did he go to a smaller school? He did. Was he either a, a UFA or um, a He was late a six draft. round. He was yeah. a late, yes. So you have. Is you he a have, white man? The profile you have built is correct. If you if you want is to he go a down Caucasian that gentleman. Uh, yes. Okay. As Got far it. as I know. But Bruce Arians also called him a John Brown type. So I didn't have a lot coming out of Bucks camp. There wasn't a, a ton to work with. Uh, their young d- defensive backs are doing well, apparently. But there was not a ton of uh, information coming out of that camp. All right. Very good. Greg, you're up. <laughs> Bruce Arians said he saw, their, their secondary is fine. They solved it. Uh, I, I wanted to go to Denver, uh, where Joe Flacco has uh, wowed um, – onlookers by th- Von, according to Von Miller throwing an 80 yard pass mm. across the field you know not you know from one hash mark to the other one kind of giving uh Broncos fans perhaps some some memories of his famous throw in the 2012 uh playoffs mm. yeah a, a throw that changed history really uh 
they lose that game otherwise. Who knows? Maybe Manning gets another title. Who who knows what happens if he doesn't hit that throw? But he he's shown off his big arm. He's healthy. That's my big main takeaway. He's just he's healthy. He's moving well. There's no physical problems uh, with Joe Flacco, and that's been pretty rare in an off se- off season for him. Almost never happens in an off season for him uh, lately. So I think that's positive. And there's a lot of you know talk about him. But one one comment from Devontae Booker uh, stuck out to me. Just everyone really liking his leadership and that he's getting all the first team reps. There's no competition there. And Booker saying he's such a cool guy. He talks to everybody in the locker room. Previous quarterbacks didn't really do that much here. They'd just be on the field, get the job done, and we see each other walking through the halls or something, and they wouldn't even acknowledge us. Mm. It's like, whoa, the Broncos quarterback. <laughs> okay, but Booker's only been around Jeez. a few years, so that's you know that's Case Keenum, that's Paxton yeah. Lynch. That's well, Paxton Lynch doesn't surprise anybody. Yeah, Case, I thought Case would be a little more hands-on, but that's just one man's comment. He's in his fourth season. Keenum's like, who just Simeon? shot me in the back with a sniper's and, rifle? And uh, and they went through. The Athletic had all these uh, quotes just about how much everyone loves Flacco and he's and he's fired up. And the Drew Locke experience supposedly, yeah, pretty up and down so far in practice. So he there, got knocked no, down. To there's the no ground competition there. Not that you would expect it, but you know that's Flacco's going to get his chance. He's going to get his legit chance. Let's uh, go over to Green Bay, where, as we know, the new brain trust there with the head coach and Aaron Rodgers, big year for him. And we've talked about it endlessly on the show. Well, what about the fact that they didn't really add a lot of uh, firepower and offense? I guess these young guys are going to have to step up. So at camp, Aaron Rodgers, who you'll remember that Tyler Dunn expose um, in which, quote, Rodgers showed virtually zero trust in his three rookie receivers, Jim Moore, Marquez Valdez, Scantling, and... Equan St. Brown, uh, and also said uh, Dunn reported that a source told him that Rodgers, quote, didn't like uh, Valdez Scantling. Well, Rodgers singing a different tune uh, this week, uh, at least. He had this to say, I think Marquez or Marquez had has had a fantastic spring and really stepped up as a guy who can be an every-down player. And then I expect a big bounce-back year from Jimmy according to Graham. He's healthy. He's feeling good. The offense, I think, fits him and his body type, but I'm not going to shy away from throwing the ball to Devontae. He also said he wants to get the ball more to Devontae Adams, uh, the lone star player. And Adams had the second most targets in the NFL last year. Right. uh, But I think the bigger takeaway from this is, yes, it is a reminder that he is going to need to develop a rapport with these young receivers or this Packers offense isn't going to go. So we'll see. He's when it when it comes right to Marquez Valdez Scantling, can we not just call him MVS? I think that's a that rolls off the right. tongue. It's easier for you to deal with this guy, the PFT guy, Michael David Smith, inside the industry. Everybody just calls him MDS, right? And he's a you know football reporter. And, th- and that wouldn't even trample on MVS, which to me is just a home run nickname. If it's not already his nickname, although you can mishear it and be like, wait, are you talking about Michael David Smith? Well, that's on the listener. That's that's on their ears, <laughs> not the person who said MVS. And I don't think they would be just talking about Michael David Smith <laughs> most of the time. Uh, Mark, you're up. Uh, well, the Giants. Uh, obviously, you know, they are committed to Eli Manning sitting in the quarterback position for the next three or four seasons despite having taken Daniel Jones early. And people are asking sort of what happened. That's not been- true, by the way, listeners. They have not committed to that. But go on. Well, they've talked about him potentially starting for the next two seasons. I, I think he's. I they have not committed to it. Well, that Let's I disagree. Right they they 
they seem to have their head on backwards on this one. I have two notes from uh, from Giants minicamp. One is that they talked about the fact that Daniel Jones, and this is why I think he's going to see the field quickly. I really do think so. Shermer has been talking him up, saying his head is swimming much less than most rookie quarterbacks, and that he has shown, according to Matt Lombardo of the Star-Ledger, a higher propensity to push the ball deep with more accuracy while Manning continues to do his annoying little checks downs <laughs> and what in, in amid what seems Wait, to be... Wait, the writer said annoying? No, I added annoying. <laughs> I added annoying, but he did mention, Matt Lombardo, an erosion of arm strength, which is obvious to anyone that's watched the Giants of late. The second note I would have um, on Pat Shermer, because we were all doing our research before the show, sure. going around, looking at these various uh, beat writers and the reports, a picture of Pat Shermer. He is looking super bulky, like big, giant muscles, and gigantic calves. Like Pat Shermer never struck me as a physical specimen. He's looking tight. In fact, I called him thick, T-H-I-C-C, and was told <laughs> that's not the correct uh, use of thick. Thick would be more kind of just like borderline big boned, but he just seems like he's been cutting out. You saw the photo. Yeah, his his body mass index is definitely down. Not a younger man, not and old, but not a younger man to do He just turned 54 that. in April oh, and have definition in his arms showing through the long sleeves. <laughs> That speaks to a man that's put in the work. 100%. Hmm. Right. Da- Daniel Jones getting a lot of pop, too, for, like, running around. Everyone's excited, like, ooh, a quarterback that runs. Need a fresh start and that there. he's looked good. And that he's looked good. But ultimately, he's n- he's not going to be the most important rookie, at least in week one. And they've already moved two of their first-round picks, De- Dexter Lawrence and DeAndre Baker, into their first into their starting lineup right off the bat as it's rookies. Coming. That's going to be a big part of their season. All right, one more time around, Greg. You get a gun. Sure. Uh, let's go to uh, New England, where Jared Mayo, first year of coaching, is the defensive play caller. I find that pretty interesting. That's a lot of... Uh, it's a lot of faith in Gerard Mayo, and maybe that'll change when the season starts. Maybe it's like Belichick makes the game plans and Mayo calls the plays on, on game day. But that is – and I love Gerard Mayo. I, it's too, injuries kind of cut his mm. career a little shorter than it, it could have been. But uh, a great Patriot and interesting to see. Also, Joe Tooney is their left tackle right now, who has played the last, what, four years at, at guard because they don't have a healthy left tackle. Well, Isaiah we he'll grade out at 91.6. from <laughs> Isaiah Wynn was their first-round pick a year ago. There's a hope that he'd be ready for week one, but that seems to be Put Greg at left tackle, and Dante Scarnecchio will make him a positive PFF talent. I mean, uh, he got Nate Solder <laughs> paid. He got Trent Brown paid. And, of course, in New England, uh, they celebrated – Last night, the uh, the ring ceremony, they did. The, getting six rings and just seeing that. On, there is something kind of crazy about seeing Bill Belichick there with eight Super Bowl rings because he brought his Giants ones in. <laughs> and just like I own, you know, he like owns like a, a fifth of the Super Bowl rings. And in, in, in I've always the appreciated it's the, just fun. the name of the boat, too, that he has to keep repainting the boat. It's now named Eight Rings. Uh, <laughs> speaking of the Patriots, um, don't just move past that. While Tom Brady, was what a great, what a great time. His bling and and the rings are getting bigger and bigger. And hopefully, there's nothing dis- disrespectful like they did to the Falcons uh, the last time they won a title with the rubbing <laughs> and the deficit they wiped out, which was just classless. <laughs> and Arthur Blank, the Falcons owner, said so. Uh, but the biggest story... It's like they have like an image of Jared Goff missing that throw. They're like, exactly. too late, Goff! It's like a hologram that comes out yeah. of it. It's just Jared Goff like shaking during the anthem. P going down Fear. his leg. Um, the biggest story around the Patriots, though, was the news this week that Brady's legal team sneakily tried to copyright uh, Tom Terrific and make it their own, which is absolute 
completely disgraceful knowing that Tom Seaver, and I'm not a Mets fan, but that is one of the most important figures in New York sports history, a three-time Cy Young Award winner, a Hall of Famer. He was Tom Terrific. He was the star of the 69 Mets, of course. Uh, Tom Brady tried to get his fingers all over that copyright, uh, and then once it was figured out, it was time to figure out what to say. Here's what Tom said. It's, it's unfortunate. I was actually trying to do something because I didn't like the nickname. And I wanted to make sure no one used it because some people wanted to use it. So um, I was trying to keep people from using it. And then it got spun around to something different than what it was. Mm. So um, good lesson learned and try to do things uh, a little different in the future. He's not so, buying that. Dan. He's so full of it. Like, what does he just spend all day copywriting things he doesn't want to be called? People are using that for his name on some, like, you know, cheap, cheap t-shirts what does he, he care he didn't want that oh i mean everyone's like "Ooh, tom siever one of the greatest pitchers ever does he feel bad uh for stealing that nickname from the animated series that was presented as part of captain kangaroo oh, 1957 to 1959 <laughs> no, tom terrific uh there you go here's by the oh way. yeah sorry siever siever or sieverites <laughs> here's the sound by the way of tom brady trying to back away from the story <laughs> Sounds like it's from. Well, hold the, on the here. Hold on here. Before we get too precious with this, what did Tom Seaver ever trademark this or patent it? It's not. Yeah. Sometimes it's not about money. It's well, just about I mean, what. Just, it's, it's an iconic nickname um, in baseball history, and Brady, because he didn't like it, wanted to make it his, and then uh, ostensibly profit off it somehow. If anyone else tried to use it, I'm sure Tom Seaver's people were on fire I mean, about it. Right. I mean, there, I, there's a nine-minute segment. He got caught. Stop defending the man. There's a nine-minute nine-minute like, segment on Tom YouTube Brady. of Boomer Esiason ranting about this that Tom Brady is not Tom Terrific. Right. I suggest everyone. Never Never watch that. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, oh, one other little, well, I thought heartwarming nugget about the ring uh, handout. Josh Gordon finally gets a Super Bowl ring. Yeah, I mean could, that that should have given me, him like a well, quarter of a ring. Why are you? Why are you? I just think when I when I think of someone that just absolutely you know should be running around town with a Super Bowl ring he's, on his finger, it's Josh. He's Gordon. been through a lot, and you know no, what? No, no he doubt. absolutely was crucial in uh, getting that buy that they ended up getting. So I he was called it, it heartwarming. Um, my last note is on he deserves it. Um, the act of coaches giving uh, canceling the last practice and what they do with the time. So it's a team-building exercise. The Jets, for instance, Adam Gase canceled practice and went to Top Golf. That's a good choice. I love Top Golf. It's a fun activity. The Dolphins, a little basic. They cancel practice and they go bowling. Well, and their new head coach went and got a Super Bowl ring too. That night, yeah. And... Um, <laughs> I don't care. I don't care who got a ring. I don't care about the Patriots and their rings or anything else. It doesn't matter to me. Finally, but the one I really like, nice job by Vic Fangio, who did an excellent job with the Broncos. He did a full field day. He canceled practice, and he gave uh, the the guys on the uh, Broncos got to do this. Home run derby, remote control car race, basketball shootout, water balloon toss, shaved Italian ice station, that's great, golf chipping contest, dunk tank. And there was a rumor, I don't know if it Sounds happened. overly complex. John Elway will be participating in the dunk tank. Dunk tank. That is great. That's how you do it. Everybody, follow. <laughs> Those are all things you hate, by the way, Mark. Uh, I like Every Itali- single Italian thing ice, you would pass Italian on. ice station sounds appealing to me. Uh, close it out, Mark. One little other Patriots nugget 
from the Mike Lombardi podcast, there was this point made. If he is done, if Rob Gronkowski is actually done, why is he going to TB12 to work out every day? Why isn't he Why isn't he Miami working out? Why is he not losing weight and getting all thin, a la Joe Thomas? He is staying in top physical condition, not simply you know, fading into some sort of Hollywood Hills scenario where he's out till three in the morning with a bunch of minstresses. No, he is working out like a crazy man. It just suggests to me that the door is not closed on his return. Mm. Well, I agree with you. I think I think he's coming back. But even if he wasn't coming back, I feel like Gronk, and I don't want to you know, paint the guy in a simplistic light, but I feel like that Gronk, that's what Rob Gronkowski does. Yeah, he's going to – He pumps iron. There's those pictures of him at hot beer. yoga down in Miami for a lot of the offseason. He hangs with hot chicks on boats. Uh, he hangs with his brothers. Like, I feel like working out is always going to be a big part of it. I, I don't doubt that, but I just think the level of intensity uh, suggests, um, not that I've observed these workouts <laughs> with the naked <laughs> eye, but <laughs> uh, you know, just that he's, he's still plugged in. You could at least take a couple months after you retire and kind of float away and do whatever you want. The opposite's happening. Anybody that will be surprised if he comes back, just, you know, pull together. It wouldn't be a shock if he comes back. I mean, there is a raging need for him on the roster also. <laughs> Huge. And it got bigger this week. All right. That's it. As uh, we teased on Wednesday, throw out some uh, iTunes reviews. Now, Apple Podcast reviews. I guess we should call it. <laughs> Whatever. Um, let's see. Let's see. Let's go through it. Uh, five stars. I'm reading these, by the way, as I see them, so don't read into what I'm choosing. Um, five stars, but I will take one star off if Mark keeps mispronouncing Saquon. It's Saquon, not Saquon. I'm not even a Giants fan, but it bothers the hell out of me every time. Yikes. Yikes. Wow. You coming but, in hot out of the gate. So, are you allowed to edit your your star rating? Maybe you are. Maybe. Please. Uh, this one from uh, Zach. More entertaining than Move the Sticks, but not as intelligent. Sorry. Well, I mean, you know, I, I, the, one, none of the four of us have been mm. uh, touted as future NFL GMs yeah. at this point. No, I so. think that's fair. If you want a totally like boring but intelligent podcast, that's that's an option. <laughs> He loves the show and the fun atmosphere. They have some good things to say, and I really appreciate that they don't sound, they don't seem professional at all. Uh, so it's very attainable knowledge. I mean, the wording here. I also like that they talk about their own fandom, blah, 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 blah. Whatever, Zach. Sounds like Evan Silva to me. Thank you for the five stars. Um, oh, this is nice. Dan has great hair, five stars. As a 45 year old bald man, I really look up mm. to the hair game that Dan has. Wait, so you're just sifting through and picking the ones that you find to appealing to read to us. Kind of like Brian Ur- Urlacher. Urlacher was great when he came on our Super Bowl shows, um, but it is weird that he grew the hair back. That's all. That's all I'll say in that. Uh, let's see. You want me to find something that uh, uh, presents you in a positive light, Mark? I'll do it. I mean, unless it's going to take a long time. I mean, right now we've got th- 3,600 ratings. That's just like a such a small fraction of the the audience. So if you've made it this far, it's Friday in the off season. We're 50 minutes in here. We're reading iTunes reviews. Mm-hmm. You are our people. You are the people Love that you. should listen and just help us out and throw in that five stars and, and put a comment in at this point because that number 
We're gonna jack. We need to jack it up. I want to see it at four when I come back. Asher Boner Paul says could be better. Five stars. <laughs> Bring Claiborne on full time. Liz Claiborne. I don't know who he's referring to. Maybe Patrick. Um, that was nice. At least, at least it was a compliment. Mm. Five stars, and you know they like Claiborne. That's something. Ooh, this one's good, Mark. Uh, from Overlord. Talking about animal deaths is wrong. One star. Used to love the pod, but the latest draft review episode, they spent over five minutes talking about murdering cats in Australia and how it's okay. Then they all chimed in with other atrocious stories of mass animal killings. I think I was at the show, but uh, this is a football podcast where this type of banter shouldn't be allowed. Not that they'll care, but they just lost a loyal listener. Mm. Wow. That, that cost I don't, us. I don't recall thing. like spending 20 minutes on cat deaths, but I don't doubt that it occurred. Spency B on May 25th gave a perfect example of what you should do with your iTunes review. Five stars and then it just says show grade B minus. <laughs> Great job. <laughs> Why I like the show. Five stars by BPW. Coworkers use NFL topics as cover for 60 minutes of near constant <laughs> ball busting. <laughs> I like uh, I'm just jumping in now because yeah, I'm good. seeing ones that are amusing me. Uh, one star. Pointless. Great if you want to hear people complain about movies they watched years ago. That's fair. That's a totally fair. I hated the show when we were talking about uh, Game of Thrones every week or every show for a while there. It happens sometimes. Uh, like it a lot, Granicus. Been listening since 2015. There's a strong dad core undercurrent which permeates the show. Mm. Dad core. Erica, you are a youth. You're a millennial. Uh, petite millennial. Tell me what dad core means. I don't even know. I would say dad core. Like you could, you guys definitely have like the dad jokes. Mm. You know, you guys are just, you You guys are dads. I think it's just a relatable type. I like this five. one. One out of five, one star out of five headline eh, by Boogaholic. And his only comment is pretty boring. Mm. <laughs> How about great football talk? Five stars by Bijavila. Turning into one of my favorite pods. Love the different opinions and that they're not all agreeing to the same thing. And uh, why I'm pointing this one out. Greg is surprisingly very funny. <laughs> Hold on this. Surprise. This surprisingly <laughs> is a little bit of a dig, but I'll still take it. Five out of five stars. Must listen from Will Jones 1215. Best podcast hands down. Mark, Dan, and Wes are hilarious while also bringing a ton of football knowledge. Greg is also on the show. <laughs> <laughs> Um, nice job, guys. Five stars. One of my favorites. Love the sincerity of WG plus M, which plays well off the bluster of D. Like, we don't have long names to spell out. Just spell them out. All the rec- And there's no bluster here. It's all substantial. All the recognition <laughs> you guys are getting is very well deserved. Mm. All right. Anybody? Uh, we good? I think we're good. I'm going to read through these thoroughly, though, this evening. How about this one from Tyler Dunking? Mark, five stars, and comment, Sessler. There you go, Mark. You got it. <laughs> I had to feel much better heading into the weekend now. Uh, we will be back next week, yes. So a bunch more teams are doing their mandatory mini camps. It will be our last week of three shows um, for a little bit, for a, for a minute, as the kids say, which actually means a little bit longer. Get for that about six, probably about what, six weeks? Probably for about six weeks. Right. We'll dial it back until the NFL uh, reconvenes for... But we'll still be here. We're still going to do two shows a week throughout June uh, into much of July and then switching back to three shows once training camp kicks off. So we're not going anywhere. We don't go anywhere. That's how we built this bastard. Mm. (laughs) All right. Um, Ricky, have a nice weekend. 
You're in West Hollywood. It's Pride Weekend. That place is going to be going off. It's going to be popping. Um, I would like to be a part of the festivities. I don't know if because I'm a dad, I won't be invited. But if if you're doing anything fun, maybe shoot a text. I mean, and... Mark was there last year. Yeah, uh, he was. Wes and Lakeisha were with me. Colleen, we we partied it up mm. last year. It was a great time. I would say that your absence was suspicious last year, Dan. I yes, I think you should read into it uh, however you'd like. Because, wow. But I'd like to be involved with it <laughs> this year. Yes. Okay. I'll I'll send you the details. Okay. I'll let you know where to meet up. Just wait there. Sounds like a trap. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's it. This is Dan Hanta signing off for Quiet Storm and the old boss, Ricky Hollywood behind the glass. Wes will be back next week. So until then, till Monday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.